0: And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening wherever you're at in the world. Well, Jason, why do you say that? Well, I got a lot of people that listen around the world. I say a lot of people, not really. I got a lot of people in this country that listen, but I do actually have about, I was looking at my analytics and at least from what I can gather, roughly 60 ish plus countries. That's pretty, it's pretty solid for only being an eight month old podcast, you know, and not really doing any type of marketing. Now, maybe some of that could be because of people's VPNs. Cause I guess, you know, if you have a VPN, it just, it pings different IP addresses, you know, that you are under from around the world. So that, that could be too. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but there's a little metric. I don't think that could be it because there is a metric that shows, um, unknown. So it shows the States, it shows the countries and how many people, I should say how many downloads, excuse me, how many downloads, not people, how many downloads, um, You know, they come from different locations. And then there is a segment that shows unknown. So my belief is the people with VPNs are underneath the unknown category. But anyway, welcome to His Hard Line. You're joined with us here for another 1% with him. It is Friday, October 14th, 2022. And uh, I tell you, it's been a very rainy, windy, typical fall, October day here in West Michigan. Um, But, you know, it's fall. It's, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. I will say this, when I used to live in Wisconsin, just a little sidebar, I don't, just a little something in case people don't, you know, if you want to know a little more about me, uh, which I typically try not to talk about me, but because of the time of year, it just re- brings us to the forefront of my memory. When I used to live in Wisconsin, I, when I was in high school, I worked for a guy who owned a pallet factory. He also owned a cranberry farm and a trucking company. And now he owns a modular home, uh, you know, uh, production company. He does very well for himself. In fact, I've still, you know, whenever I go and visit Wisconsin, I, you know, will go and visit him. He was my first boss, Tom. Tom Gardner, real good guy. Millionaire, and you'd never know it. But, um, But every time this time of year, specifically October rolls around, I think of the cranberry harvest because... I remember when I was in high school, it used to be the most dreaded time of year for me because I worked for this guy for about four years, five years, you know, all throughout high school, about four years. And then a little bit after when I graduated before I went to college to become more retarded. Um, <laughs> but in October, so we would get frost very early on. Like so far, I don't remember seeing frost yet in Michigan yet, at least not in the lakeshore, okay? Because it's typically a little warmer here. But in in Wisconsin, they're probably already getting frost. They probably already got frost, like, probably toward the end of September. Now, with cranberries, cranberries grow, um, they grow in, in the form of a berry, and they grow in the color of white. Now, the reason cranberries get their deep red and maroon color is from the frost so you have teams that go out at night called frost watch they take shifts and they shine these bright spotlights as they drive around the cranberry beds and marshy marshes you know on the on, on top they don't drive in the beds but they drive on top um there's like these beds are you know made up like uh like their size of football fields are larger you know they're like that, and then you have dikes that you drive trucks on and tractors on, and they shine these spotlights all over. And so, anyway, what they're looking for is shimmer. They're looking for shimmering of 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 frost. And once they start seeing frost, they got to turn on all the generators, all the diesel engines, and they have to um, turn on the sprinklers to keep the frost from turning the berries, the cranberries, from white to that deep red maroon color because what they're looking for is a good solid frost that's that's how see cranberries when when these farmers and i'm bringing all this up to you know for a point when cranberries get when farmers get paid for cranberries they get paid based on their um the, the quality of their red you know the deepness of the redness And so there's different levels. I mean, I could tell you, I could do a whole show on that, but you guys will be so bored with that. My point is, is I used to work in those cranberry farms. I I could tell you so much about it. And it was very interesting. But when it came time to the harvest and they flooded the beds and we got that first frost and these big tractors would go and beat the berries off the vines and the berries would float up to the top of the water. Now, then you get grunts like me that wear these hip waders and we go in the water and we get these big booms, they call them. They're like the same oil booms that are used to collect oil for oil spills because they float on the water. And so you got teams of people on both sides of the beds with big, huge, powerful leaf blowers blowing the berries off the sides of the shore closer to the you know water. So we take these booms, start one end of the bed and corral all the berries to the other end of the bed. And we typically got to watch the wind. So we're not working against the wind now. Why do I say all this? Back then, I hated fall. Fall sucked for me because a lot of times I always had hip waders that my work would supply that had holes in them. And so what does that mean? Well, those hip waders don't do sh- crap for you. <laughs> Almost said a bad order. They don't do crap for you. And you're cold. It'll be 40 degrees out. It'll be raining and windy. And you're miserable. And you're spending 10 hours plus a day out there. It sucked. But now I don't have to do cranberry harvest so I can look outside, look at the fall, look at the rain, look at the wind and how cool it is. I'm like this is nice. But when I used to do cranberry harvest, I thought October was hell. Literally hell. I hated it. I absolutely could not stand it. But I learned a lot. But anyway, so today, today we're going to be reading out of uh the book of uh romans of course chapter four and today i'm going to be reading out of the new american bible revised edition and let me uh get back to my pond bean here real quick see who's on oh well good morning patriot eagle outlaw and rita and yeah rita absolutely it is no wonder cranberries are expensive um there's a lot that goes into it it really is uh there really really is it's um in fact my high school little little Useless piece of trivia that means nothing to anybody that will come to listen to this show. If you want the most useless piece of trivia, let me give it to you right here. My school that I went to back in Wisconsin, the high school I went to, Pittsville, Wisconsin, it was a town of less than a thousand people. There was one traffic light, about probably 20 bars, and 20 churches. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and one cop. Um, My high school, I had a graduating class of 54 people, but that's not the fact. Here's the fact my high school had the only cranberry science class, elective class in the nation for high school. And we would have people that would come from different regions of the US, you know, on bus tours. And our class, or I should say the cranberry science class, because, you know, you got horticulture, you got welding, right? Yeah, this was a cranberry science class. So our cranberry science class would take people out on tours on the, you know, to the farms because it, it, it would take, believe it or not, if you start a farm, a cranberry farm, it starts where from construction to where you're yielding a product. It takes four years before, I think, if I'm recalling correctly, roughly three or four years before you even yield a product. There's a, I mean, you have to have, there's a lot of time and money invested in the first three to four years before you even get a product out of it to sell to ocean spray. It's ridiculous. So anyway, but yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. I, I, I look back on my times of, uh, the, you know, working on the cranberry farm as a very valuable, uh, many valuable lessons. Cause it really makes me feel thankful for what I do today as a truck driver. Cause I know I complain sometimes to god about like this that and i grumble but then i go back and i listen and i think about all the other jobs i used to do like i used to be a boat bottom cleaner that was terrible too i'll tell you more about that different show but you know i think about all these crazy dumb jobs i used to do and i and i think to myself i'm like man i'm like what am i complaining about today there's nothing to complain about you know so anyway let's get into the reading actually before we get into the reading there is one clip i wanted to play that just um it it really, I, I, f- I found this last night, and it talks about, uh, again, the same pastor from some of the v- clips that I played yesterday, he talks about how so many people, you know, why they leave the church. Let's see, where did I, oh, don't tell me I didn't put this up. Hold on. I know I put this up. Hold on, come on. There it is. There it is. Okay, let's listen to this real quick, and then we'll get into the reading.
2: People are leaving the church at astronomical numbers but filling up concerts at record numbers (laughs) Now, what do you do at a concert that you can't do at church? You lift your hands You praise Come on. Let's think about it You 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 you're 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 in unity with a group of people that came all for the same reason you gave your tithe and offering. It just wasn't in the middle of it. They took it before because they don't trust you. Come on, think about it. Why are concerts and, 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 and football games and basketball games filling at record? Because they're looking for an escape from the hurt and the pain that they have. But I'm not coming to church because at least there I can be drunk and say what's really going on. I'm having sick of my job. I came here to let loose. And there's three dudes down the road like me too. Like, yeah, like that. But if I say, I'm struggling with perversion. <gasps> take him off the serve team. Uh Oh, y'all want to be, y'all. Where else are they going to say it? My marriage is not gonna make. I know y'all saw the Instagram post, but we we we've been mad the whole year. Oh, you thought I was gonna say the week? We've been mad the whole year. Like they can't say it here. Everybody say home. People are.
1: Hmm. Don't tell me is that not profound? You know, I've never been a big fan of going to concerts or football games. Like when I say football games, I'm talking like on a national level where you're paying like a hundred dollars for a ticket or something i've been to maybe uh i've been to two concerts in my life def leopard once twice actually and then uh who was it brad paisley yeah i went to a brad paisley concert i will say that was pretty good i liked brad paisley but i've never been a big fan of going to concerts i've never been a big fan of spending a ton of money on going to sports you know games i've made i've been to one football game in lambeau field during the playoffs um I used to be a big Packer fan. I went to one, I think professional hockey game. And I think to one um, major league baseball game. Cause you know, a lot of people would say, well, Jason, how can you say you don't like these if you've never been to them? Well, I've been to you know all these events at least once, except an NBA game. I've never cared for an NBA game and I'm pretty sure I would still not care for it, but yeah, I've tried these experiences and I just don't care for it. I don't know. I just find it to be a waste of time, a waste of money. And quite frankly, Uh, Again, you know, you got so many guys out there and probably women, too, actually, that they have no problem memorizing stats and all these other things and different facts about different players and different Hollywood, you know, actors and actresses and and people in the music industry. But yet nobody can quote one verse of Scripture in the Bible, even even kind of paraphrasing. It doesn't even have to be exact. No one can even paraphrase something out of the Bible. You know, I should tell you something. Satan. And all his little minions here, because they control this world, you know, it just goes to show you the level of distraction that they really tried to put on us to try to muddy the waters and get us pushed away from God. And so when I heard that little clip about people leaving the church and, you know, but people have no problem, you know, congregating in unity for one, you know, common um, interest, they have no problem doing that at a concert, but God forbid you, you know, and concerts can go longer than an hour, but God forbid, you know, you go to church for one hour. Mm No, can't have that. Anyway, um, I like this Patriot Eagle saying my first job was at a Christmas tree farm. You know, I bet that kind of be an interesting job. Actually, that would kind of suck because then you got to, I, I yeah, I'm thinking about that because there's some movies on Pure Flix I've watched that take place one, one scene's on a Christmas tree movie. I think it's called like Pine versus Spruce or something like that. I can't remember it like that. But um that had to have been probably hard work, if I think about it, because you gotta tie up the tree, you gotta, you know, n- put netting around them so people you know, you gotta put, you know, tie it on top of people's cars, you know. You probably got that. It's probably that one family, right? That, you know, if it's a Christmas tree farm, I don't know how this farm was, but, you know, watch it'd be one of those farms where you get that one family and they're going around and they're like, Oh no, I don't, that that doesn't look good. Uh, no, that one looks too light. Oh, that one doesn't look like it's got enough branches on this side. You know, they're like going through 28 trees and they're like, Oh, this is the perfect one. Right? Like Clark Griswold, you're going out in the middle of the forest hiking for like hours till you find the perfect tree. And then it's like a big shine of light over the tree. Oh, (laughs) that's what I envision. <laughs> All right, we, I've done enough nonsense chatting here. Let's get into the reading. All right, Romans chapter four. You know what? And I'm thinking, I, I mean, what I said the other day, we should really do a show where it's like a Q and A. You know, like I said, I usually don't like making shows about me because I there's nothing interesting about me. But I know people like asking, you know, questions about my dumb life, you know, maybe I'll share some funny stories about, you know, the past and like my boat bottom cleaning days and just, yeah, I'll tell it. My DJing day. There's so many stupid stories I have that I could share with you. You'd be like, what? Like, how did you even have that experience? All right, let's get into it. So I'm reading again, Romans chapter four, new American Bible revised edition. I'm switching it up a little bit today from the NASB chapter four <clears throat> talks about Abraham justified by faith. Now it reads what then can we say that Abraham found our ancestor according to the flesh. Indeed, if Abraham was justified on the basis basis of his works, he has reason to boast. But this was not so in the sight of God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now a worker's wage is credited not as a gift, but as something due. When one does not work, yet believes in one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So also David declares the blessedness of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not record. Now does this blessedness apply only to the circumcised or the uncircumcised as well now we assert that faith was credited to abraham lost my spot there sorry to abraham as righteousness under what circumstances was it credited was he circumcised or not he was not circumcised but uncircumcised and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal on the righteousness received through faith while he was uncircumcised Thus, he was to be the father of all the uncircumcised who believe so that to them also righteousness might be credited as well as the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but also follow the path of faith that our father Abraham walked while still uncircumcised. I got to pause there for a moment. My goodness. I tell you, between chapter three and this one. It sure seems they repeat uncircumcised and circumcised a lot, and it makes it almost challenging to read. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> My goodness. All right, continuing with verse 13. Inheritance through faith. Now, it was not through the law that the promise was made to Abraham and his descendants that he would inherit the world, but through the righteousness that comes from faith. For if those adhere to the law are the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law produces wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith so that it may be a gift, and the promise may be guaranteed to all his descendants, not to those who only adhere to the law, but to those who follow the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the deed and calls into being what does not exist he believes hoping against hope that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said thus shall your descendants be he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body as already dead for he was almost a hundred years old and the dead womb of sarah He did not doubt God's promise in unbelief. Rather, he was empowered by faith and gave glory to God and was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to do. And that is why it is credited to him as righteousness. But it was not for him alone that it was written that it was credited to him. It was also for us to whom it will be credited, who believe in the one who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was handed over, for our transgressions and was raised for our justification amen amen now what now what does all this mean in chapter 4 so so Romans 4 focuses on the faith of Abraham and as it, as Genesis 15:6 states Clearly, that Abraham believed God and that faith, which is his trusting belief in God, was counted to Abraham as righteousness. Now, Abraham was not justified by works and God wasn't paying him back for something. Abraham was justified as God's gift to him. In the same way, David speaks of those whose sins the Lord does not count against them as being blessed by God. Now, they do not earn forgiveness. God just simply gives it, and that's referenced in Romans 4, 1 through 8. Now, this brings up a possible objection, though. So, wasn't Abraham righteous because he obeyed God by being circumcised? That's what many Jewish people believe, but Paul says no. And God declared Abraham righteous for his faith long before Abraham was circumcised. So, obedience comes after faith. In Abraham's case, though, now many years passed between the two events, and circumcision became a sign of Israel's faith in God and seal of the righteousness, and God had already declared for, for Abraham. So in this way, Abraham became a spiritual father to all who come to God by faith, and even those who are not circumcised for religious reason, reasons in this passage it's referred to as the Gentiles. Now Abraham also became a spiritual leader as well as a physical leader, and to all the believing Jews who would follow the example of his faith in God. Now, God essentially promised Abraham and his offspring the world, in a sense. Now, can that promise be claimed by keeping the law? Paul, again, says no. And so, for one thing, the promise was given centuries before the law existed. Now, if law keeping was required for the promise, then Abraham's most immediate descendants would have been left out. Second, nobody can keep the law. And this is a point Paul was careful to make very clearly in chapter three. Now if receiving the promise depends on keeping the law, then the promise is useless and so is faith. But no, God's promise is Abraham's to Abraham's offspring will be received by faith. Again, you can see that reference in Romans 4:13 through19. And so Abraham's faith in one specific promise is then held up as a model for us. Now God told Abraham that he would have a natural born son with his wife, and Sarah and, and Sarah and he would become the father of many nations. Now, Abraham believed that and continued to believe it, even as the years passed without a child. Now he remained faithful even as he approached a hundred years old, and Sarah approached ninety. But in fact, Paul insists that Abraham's faith grew stronger, not weaker over time. And that is why. God counted his faith as righteousness. The same can happen for all of us right now, like in this present time. And I believe that. And so those who believe in God, who handed over Jesus to pay for the price of our sins with his death and then raised him back to life for our justification, will be declared righteous as well. And again, you can see that reference in Romans four twenty through 25. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, I had my, uh, or two nights ago, I had, when it was my father-in-law's birthday, and we had, you know, I love having these discussions. Because like I said, they're Catholic, right? So is my wife. And, um, but I will say this. Now, they are the type of Catholics. They understand and fully comprehend the Vatican, evil beyond get out. They understand there is so much satanic stuff that takes place within the Vatican and has been over many centuries. Like they, my father-in-law, he was very well aware of that. Now, that being said, if you think about it from a government standpoint, our DC has been very, very corrupt and very evil. In fact, a lot of institutions that have a lot of higher up people from the corporations to our federal government, which, again, another corporation, to the Vatican, to anything that has a high up level of elitist. You better bet your bottom worthless and declining dollar that there is going to be so much satan, you know, so Satanic and evil um, stuff that happens. And agendas that are trying to be fulfilled. But again, you go back down to the lower levels of people, right? The lay people. Now, a lot of people are still pretty ignorant to what's going on in the world. But like I said, it doesn't matter who you are. And I want to make sure I clarify because I had some very interesting email exchanges, not not bad ones, by the way, with uh, someone that's a listener of the show. Uh, Actually, he's an assembly member. Actually, he's actually a really awesome listener. Um, he went to seminary for four years and he was providing some insights to me, which I took and I, I, I internalized them and I, you know, took him to prayer. And there's some things my mother-in-law and father-in-law would share with me. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I get it. Like I get like the whole, like praying to like praying to saints. like, okay, we'll use that one as an example real quick. And then I got to get off here so we can get the, his hard line discussion started. But basically, you know, they're like, you know, we don't pray to saints to, you know, go to God for us. We don't pray to Mary to go to God for us. Like we know we can go to God with our prayers. But I guess the misunderstanding and misconception that seems to be is that that, that seems to be the case. Like they know going to Jesus is far foremost, the most important thing and having faith and who you go to, they understand what the Bible says, right? Like, I get it. Like, you know, no one goes to the father except through me. I guess what they were trying to tell me and and I probably had a misunderstanding like this, like, you know, myself, like maybe some of us do. Again, it's just one of those things. It's an intercession. Like, again, like because I I made the case, I made the point of like, okay, yeah, you're praying to a saint like you're asking someone to pray for you, like a friend. Right. Because my mother-in-law was like, well, how is it any different that I ask you for uh, for praying for me? I said, well, to one one big reason I told her, I said, I'm alive and they're dead. (laughs) Number one. She goes, "Okay, good point, but still, you know, the thing is is you know, we're not also cuz I I that brought up the other thing too of of like, well, idolizing, we can't idolize." She goes, "No, oh, no, 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 we don't idolize." She goes, "Because that obviously goes against the commandments, you know, we 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 cannot have any other gods before the one true god." And so it's like, "All right, well, so basically what it boils down to is it's tradition, like you know, people take scripture and I don't know. Like we all can claim that we understand and can comprehend the Bible, but really, do we? I mean, there's a lot of things that that we can say we understand, but really, we probably don't. And there's probably so much that's being overlooked. And I'll admit, I'm probably I'm, I know I'm one of them. But here's one thing that I will say, and I've always said this: if God's gonna smile at anything, He's smiling at the conversations that are being had. Right? He's smiling at People seeking him, seeking his face, seeking his son, Jesus Christ, seeking his heart, right? Because that was the one thing that I kept saying to you know the the email the you know the guy that I had the email exchange with, and my in laws and my wife. I'm like, look, I'm like, I'm not saying what you guys are doing is wrong because I used to do the same thing. I'm just saying I'm raising questions on where is it in the Bible with some of the things you do. We you know Catholics do. I'm just pointing to scripture and I just would like someone to guide me. And and because I don't want to be ignorant, but guide me. But I look to scripture and I'm not a Bible expert, obviously, but I want to just, you know, if it's not in the scripture, then it's, is it a tradition that was created by man? Because we know religions were created by man, but Jesus Christ was created by God. I'm going to follow what Christ said and I will always challenge and the status quo and ask the questions. Well, where is it in scripture? And I'm not going to ask arrogantly. I mean, really, if there's something in the scripture scriptures point to it, explain it to me like I'm in fourth grade and try to help me understand because I am a sponge. I'm always willing to learn. Now, if somebody tries coming to me from the Mormon religion, we're like, well, Jason, here's why you need to follow the Mormon religion. No, no, no. I'm going to look at you and be like, no, don't think so. Anyway, so that is all I have on this. Again, for Romans chapter four, I'm going to be coming back here in a few minutes. We're going to do a his hardline discussion. Last night when I scheduled the show, I did say um, that the show would be, you know, the subject matter would be to be determined. Well, I found a subject matter, and it's something my wife and I have been talking about a lot lately. Um, titanium, and we're going to be talking about the 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 topic of titanium dioxide, as a matter of fact, because that is something a lot of people don't realize just how much of that stuff is in the products we eat, consume, use on a daily basis, and. I'll tell you what, there's also a lot of videos out there online that go on to say how titanium dioxide is not a bad thing. And it doesn't kill you. It doesn't hurt your reproductive, you know, system and so on and so forth. You got to remember that those there's a lot of people out there that are paid by some very big powerful, you know, entities out there to push this narrative. And so we're going to talk about that next. But Before we go on to close this show out and start the next one, I think we should have a little prayer. So, Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning. Thank you for another day of life and good health. We appreciate the companionship that you give us with our friends and our spouse. And even though that there's people that we try to sow seeds of truth to, I know a lot of us get looked at and we get scoffed at and we get brushed off like crazy. We know we're not crazy, Father. We know we're not nuts. We pray to you and we ask you for discernment. And we're going to keep praying to you for that discernment. Help us get clarity. Help us to always continue to find that truth and to help us sift out the fluff. Hopefully one day, Father, you will shed light on more truth to more blind people. I hope to see that more people that are blind and deaf will finally eventually see the world for what it is, but understand the world that they can make through following you and your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us follow your will, Father. We just are going to be here continuously expanding the kingdom and planting, sowing seeds. And we know you're going to do the rest by watering and shedding light on it. So, and we thank you for another day of life and good health. Because again, without our health, we have nothing else. So thank you for that. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you all this morning for 1% with Him. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. God willing that I don't have any technology issues. And we're going to talk about titanium dioxide. Ooh, it's a very, very scary thing. The show is going to be called pick your poison. There's a reason why I think that there's a reason why I think that, uh, that phrase is out there, pick your poison. Cause there's so much out there in Walmart and Meyer and Kroger and all you know, the Piggly Wiggly. There's so much stuff that they sell to us that it literally is poison for us. So anyway, Oh, little fun side, little story real quick. Cause I thought, I think you guys would find this a little funny before I close this out back to the cranberry science class, that teacher that, that taught that class. So I was forced to take that class. I didn't take it cause I was interested in it. I was a lower classman. So when all the electives got picked by the seniors, that was like one of the ones that got left over. So I had to get forced to go into that stupid class. The teacher and I absolutely butted heads cause I took some horticulture classes again, not by choice. And he was a teacher of it. Him and I absolutely hated each other. I gave him a hard time. He gave me a hard time. And we both knew we hated each other. First day of cranberry science class, I sit down. He pulls me aside. He goes, Mr. Jones. I said, yeah, Mr. Urban. He goes, I understand that you and I are not really big fans of each other. I said, okay, where is this going? He goes, I understand that you work at a cranberry farm. And you've been doing that for a couple few years now. I said, yeah. He says, I'll tell you what. You helped me because I used to be good at building websites. You know, I self-taught myself how to build websites and code in HTML. I don't think people use HTML anymore in the computer world. But anyway, I knew how to do that. And he was like, could you build me a web page that we can tie to the school website that would, uh, you know, educate the crowd in what we do in this class and the, you know, upcoming, you know, cranberry tours that we're going to do for the farms and so on and so forth. He goes, if you do that for me. I will give you an automatic a, you can bypass all the tests and you can treat this class like a study hall. As long as you take your study hall and just go to the lunchroom and fulfill your study hall there. So you're not disrupting my, my class. I'm like, done. Absolutely. Mr. Urban. And that, that was the moment. I actually, I think him and I started liking each other. Cause I did him a favor. He did me a favor. He knew that I would, you know, cause I was a little, I don't, I don't want to say I was a, a bad kid, but I certainly gave I was the class clown, right? And so, yeah, he was like, you can just go to the lunchroom, treat this like a study hall, and don't disrupt my class. I don't care if you get that web page built in a day. This whole, <laughs> I'll give you an automatic day. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, it was great. He did not like me. <laughs> it was great. All right. That's all we got for today. Uh, We'll be back here in a couple minutes. All right. And if you, if I don't see you on the other side, uh, we'll see you back here um, either tomorrow or Sunday. Oh, wait, tomorrow's Saturday. I keep messing. My schedule's messing with me. Tomorrow's no podcast Saturday. So I'll see you back here on Sunday with a 1% with him and a, uh, and a national assembly update on Sunday. So wherever you're at in the world, have a good day or night and we'll see you back here in a minute. All right. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.